I, I do a podcast. I'm not, I'm not interested in your podcast. The anathema of God was for those who denied justification by faith alone. When that is at stake, we need to be on the battlefield exposing the air and combating the air. We are unabashedly, unashamedly Clarkian. And so the next few statements that I'm going to make, I'm probably going to step on all of the Vantillian toes at the same time. And this is what we do at Simple Reform on the radio, you know. We are polemical and polarizing Jesus style. I would first say that to characterize what we do as fashion is itself fashion. It's not hate, it's history, it's not fashion, it's the Bible. Jesus said, Woe to you, and men speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way, as opposed to, Blessed are you when you have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. It is on. We're taking the gloves off. It's time to battle. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Semper Reformanda Radio. I'm your host, Carlos Montijo. And uh, I've got another very special guest to do an interview um, <clears throat> about a very important topic. Uh, it's just going to be me this time because uh, Tim couldn't make it. His son is sick and he really was hoping to make it to this interview uh, to talk to Brother Ryan Denton about his new book. So just a few administrative announcements. I wanted to remind people that we have a new email. It's uh, thorncrownministries at gmail.com. And... Um, so if you want to contact us, you can still use the, the old email will still work, but um, uh, just try to switch it up to the, the, to the new one. That's the one that, that's our primary email now. So you can just send us an email through there. And also um, we have a, we got a Google voice number, so you can leave us a, uh, a voicemail. And if you want to give us a call, leave us a voicemail message and we can interact with your um, message on the podcast. And uh, the number for that is 915-302-0915. Okay, so you can give us a call or shoot us an email and uh, let us let us know, give us your feedback. Um, all right, so as I mentioned, we have a very, I'm really excited about this interview. This is a the really, really good stuff that we're going to talk about. I'm looking forward, been looking forward to this for a while. I'm on live right now with uh, Brother Ryan Denton of Christ in the Wild Ministries, and uh, he's no stranger to the podcast. We've inter interviewed him a couple times already, and um, but this time it's a very special occasion because he uh, just got his book released uh, and published uh, called A Certain Sound. So Brother Ryan Denton, why don't you uh, introduce yourself again to our audience? Yeah, thanks for having me. I've always appreciated um, you and your your podcasts. There are not many podcasts that'll that'll really give a platform to open air preaching and, and even evangelism for the most part. So I really appreciate you guys. Um, you, you guys are doing great work, and it's definitely a blessing to be back on. Um, yeah, I'm the director of Christ in the Wild Ministries, located here in El Paso, Texas. Uh, by God's grace, we are able to. Uh, go really around the world 
um, if, if time and finances and things like that permit, but, but we have been able to, to do some ministry in, in different parts of the country. But um, our, my, my primary focus and my primary burden is the United States, uh, just because of the rampant wickedness and some of the things that you're seeing today. I think it's a, a prime opportunity to, to get the gospel Definitely. Uh, to, to the masses and, and including um, through open air preaching. And so that's, that's what the, the book that, that Scott Smith and I co-wrote, that's what it's about. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be back on. Yeah, it's awesome. Excellent stuff. Uh, I think you recently took a trip to, uh, what was it, Scotland? Scotland last summer, and yeah. then um, we're planning on another trip over there this summer. And uh, we've, we've been with Jeremiah Cry Ministries for that. And then um, this summer, I'll, I'll be headed out a, a week early before Jeremiah Cry goes out there to, to preach with some brothers in, in England. Awesome. And so, and that's, it's the same thing. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's just evil, you know, really wherever you look, as far as the Western part of the, the world goes, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's evil. Oh yeah. So it's a good time to get the gospel out. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, oh, and, um, I wanted to also take the time to congratulate you for your newest addition to the family. Yes. Yeah. So our, our son is five weeks old. Yeah, his name is James Eric, and he's like a fifth or sixth generation James now. Uh, nice. My first name is James, but anyways, yeah. So so he's he's been a blessing and and uh, an opportunity for sanctification in many ways. But uh, just yeah, it's 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 it really is kind of neat to just just even now watch him grow and and see the different reactions that he has. It's pretty cool. So yeah, we're excited. We're, we we've been blessed, brother. That's for sure. Yeah, praise God. Congratulations. Um, so let's dig right in. I, I really want to talk about your new book here. It's a, I was I was really really excited about this book. It's an excellent excellent read, and um, it's a it's a very neglected topic, as uh, we've talked about before, as you've also uh, talked about a lot. And um, actually, before we get started, I, I think uh, did you want to announce the the new podcast that you're doing too? Yeah, we so so we're starting a new podcast through the ministry. Uh, Again, the ministries of Christ, the Christ in the Wild Ministries, and and the podcast is primarily going to focus on open air preaching. It's called Open Air Symposium, and we've already begun recording episodes for it, and we we plan on releasing the first episode probably around June. And yeah, it just it just seems like there's a there's a void out there as far as just um, good material and information on open air preaching. But again, we're not trying to necessarily um, make it specifically open air preaching. We are trying to broaden it out to to evangelism you know at large in general uh but but a lot of it will deal with open air preaching and some of the the things that that you face as open air uh preachers but um yeah so so that's we we hope to start that in in june and so yeah we we uh we've been blessed by 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 listening to y'all and and kind of seeing how y'all do it and and trying to take some of that into uh, into a podcast on evangelism, and just you know, really just to see how the Lord uses it. I mean, we're not, we don't plan on. It's kind of like this book, you know. Not a lot of people are are, are gonna, um, you know, be interested in open air preaching necessarily. But we know that there there is there is an uptick in this in this kind of ministry, and and so really the more equipping and the more training that that's out there, we think the better. So that's what we're trying to do. Excellent. Yeah, that's really exciting. I'm looking forward to that a lot. Um, it's a very neglected topic, and 
there's a lot of misconceptions even within the church about you know evangelism open air preaching and ministry it's just it's just not there's not a whole lot of uh, of good understanding um that relates to those topics and so that i'm really excited about that i'm, I'm looking forward to uh to to that as well and so so yeah now now we can jump into your book here it's it was great book and um it's called a certain sound a primer on open air preaching and uh, as you said it was written by you yourself ryan denton and scott smith and um i've, I've had the pleasure of meeting scott brother scott smith uh, smith as well he's done some ministry here locally in el paso with the borderland the borderland conference which is also coming up right the borderland conference yeah that's coming up march 22nd if you're in el paso or albuquerque if, if you're in that area Definitely reach out to us. Let us know if you're interested. And, and yeah, we just basically uh, blitz El Paso and Albuquerque with evangelism. But but the primary focus of that is is to really equip the saints there so that, you know, even after the, the training and the, the, the conference ends, um, there's by God's grace, there's still a hunger and a desire to, to continue evangelizing and going out. And so, yeah, that, that is the focus. It's uh, um, March 23rd through March 29th. And so 23rd through the 26th is El Paso, 27th through the 29th is Albuquerque. Awesome. So if anybody's interested, definitely, yeah, definitely let us know. Yeah, yeah, it's a great event. I really look forward to that as well. We um, even got the chance to go to Juarez with uh, some of the other itinerant evangelists that came. And it was a great, great uh, time of fellowship and, and evangelizing. It was good stuff, really good stuff. So, yeah, if you're in the area, make sure you check 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 that out. Um and so, and is that going to be hosted at the Old Paths as well again? Or yeah, yeah, we'll we'll start at the Old Paths on Saturday morning, and okay, yeah, we'll go to a different place. We'll go to the abortion clinic. We'll go downtown, and then uh, during the week, and then Sunday, of course, be um, in in the respective churches, um, Old Paths, Santa Teresa Baptist, um, and then this year we have a, a Southern Baptist Church, um, Spanish speaking Southern Baptist Church in El Paso that'll be helping out too. Excellent, and then uh, Monday. We'll be at UTEP Tuesday, New Mexico State. Monday night, we'll have the Bible study, and and we'll have um, a teaching then. Um, and then in, in Albuquerque, we'll, we'll do the same thing. In a sense, we'll go to UNM uh, three days, and then we'll be fellowshipping at a church, Riverside Baptist Church, and, and they've been a great support and help. And then, uh, and then we'll go downtown on Thursday night and, and evangelize with, with some of the brothers there who, who've been going to the spot um, at a bus station down there for about 10 years. And so yeah, we come alongside them and just really just try to, whatever they need, we try to just kind of help out. And uh, yeah, but like you said, it's, it's more than just evangelize. There, there is a lot of fellowship and, and really just kind of um, sharpening each other and, and um, really just trying to, trying to be better trained and equipped for, for um, getting the gospel to the lost. Yeah, it's it really is a great event. You get to meet some brothers, some really awesome brothers that, uh, like Brother Bobby McCreary, mm-hmm. um, Larry Mike Stockwell, Mike Stockwell, Larry Dubois, uh, just great brothers. Yeah. All of them are they're Robert real. Gray. Yeah, Robert Gray. They're a real pleasure to to hang out with, fellowship with, and uh, you know do ministry with. Um, so none of all of this is obviously very related to what we're talking about, which is the, the your book, obviously, and um, it's really just an outflowing of what you describe and and. Uh, write about in the book and um so um th- this was published by uh Re- reformation heritage books it's a pretty big deal it's pretty very exciting that you got a pretty a nice uh, a nice book deal with this with the reformation heritage yeah we were, we were blessed you know scott 
Scott Smith, um, you know, he's been he's been doing this for a long time. He had he had nice connections. And in fact, Scott's actually done a training at Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary on open air preaching. And this wow. was this was years ago. But, you know, that's that's pretty amazing that that uh, Beaky opened the door for that that kind of presentation. And then afterwards, a lot of the guys went downtown in, in Grand Rapids and and uh, did some ministry. And so that's kind of how the ball began to roll as far as um, trying to get a, a door open. Because, yeah, I mean, this is they are a, a very reputable publishing house. And, and, and we are very grateful that, that they've actually taken up a topic like this, you know, because they're used right. to uh, more theological treatises and things like that. And so it's, it's nice that they're not so confined to that, that they don't see the need for um, this kind of work. So yeah, we're, we're very blessed. Yeah. Yeah. That's great stuff. Um, and you got a lot of really glowing endorsements. I was surprised at the number of just outstanding endorsements by, I mean, Rob Ventura, he's the, he's the brother that, uh, wrote the, uh, beyond the five points, right. Going beyond the five mm-hmm. points. I think he edited that right. one. Um, mm-hmm. Sam Waldron. Right. I mean, wow. This is like really good. Al Baker, Baker. Gabriel. Yeah. We had Josh Bice. Josh Bice. Yeah. Jeff Rose. Um, mm-hmm. Edward Dalcor. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Dalcor. And then, Joe Jackowitz. Uh, another guy in, well, yeah, Joe Jacobitz, he's in California and he's with the ministry called First Love Ministries. And, and yeah, they, they do a lot of good stuff too. Awesome. So a lot of really outstanding, just glowing endorsements for the book. It was, it was a great book. I mean, it was well-deserved, um, uh, well-deserved. And, um, so let's let's kind of see if we could. So what what motivated you guys to to write this book in the first place? Yeah, so I was working on something with a, a book on open air preaching for a while, and then um, I would say maybe a year. You know, I was just kind of typing away and, and seeing what would come of it. And then, uh, and really, what motivated me was the fact that I, I remember for myself being really called to open air preach, but having no idea how to go about it. Um, didn't know who to seek out, you know, and, and, and because not to say that, that local churches aren't a good place to, to, you know, seek for help when it comes to open air preaching. The, the, the fact of the matter is a lot of local churches are just not equipped to take on a question like that. And so, um, I did reach out to my, my local pastor at the time and, you know, his, his response was basically, well, (laughs) I, I remember when I was lost and I got out of a taxi in Philadelphia and there was a guy street preaching and just the, the nausea that I felt whenever I heard it. Um, and so he basically said, you know, that's, that's not even a, that's not even an option, you know? And, uh, and, and this was, he was, he was a mentor in a lot of ways. I mean, I, w- I was at that time going into the ministry and he was, he, he took me under his wing. And, um, so, so some of that, you know, just remembering, um, some, you know, just, just that kind of response from, from several different corners and angles and at the same time, knowing that it's not, it wasn't just me and it's not just me who's been called to open air preach. I mean, you see guys across the country who are doing this and across the world. I mean, now, you know, God's raising up people to preach on the streets in, in really every major city, especially in America, um, Scotland, England, even Mexico. You know, there's there's been a huge um, hunger, it seems like, for this book to be translated into Spanish. Uh, and so you, you're seeing God do something really amazing as far as street ministry goes and and so just knowing that there is as far as i know there there is just not a single um um there's some older books out there on open air preaching but a lot of the things that they deal with it they're not really applicable to what we deal with in our culture today 
Um, and but but as far as the last 150 years, you just don't see any kind of literature out there on open air preaching. And so that's why I started typing it away. And then um, I I, uh, I let Scott know about it. And and Scott, you know, Scott says, "Wow, you, I've I've had this this desire and the same idea for for years myself." And then um, Scott came in, and it was actually perfect because Scott Scott kind of filled in the practical aspects of of so I. What I had on paper was more of the theological basis of it, um, of open air preaching. And so Scott kind of came in and he was able to, to fill in really some key areas as far as just the practicality of open air preaching and, and you know, getting out there and doing it and um, the character of the open air preacher and things like that. So it worked out really nicely. And then um, I think it was probably Rob Ventura who gave us the boost as far as saying, you know, I would... We were up in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, and, and uh, we were in a study talking to because he used to open air preach too, Robin Tura. And uh, anyways, he said the same thing. There needs to be a book that can address open air preaching because of the amount of, of open air preaching that's being done. And so, um, I mean, once we had it finished and polished up, he, he's on the board with RHB, Reformation Heritage Books. And so we sent it to him and um, off it went. So that's kind of how it went about. Yeah, that's that's exciting stuff. Um, yeah, so I'm glad it's the the attention it's getting. I think is a very good thing. It's a very it's a much needed area that that needs to be addressed from a sound doctrinal and biblical perspective. And I I really do think that your book uh, did that very well. Um, and here I'm looking at the table of contents, and it's split up into two parts. And part one is the theology of open air preaching. And part two is the task of open-air preaching. So you cover both the, the, the doctrinal aspect and the practical aspect. Um, and I thought that was just excellent um, stuff. And I want to take a look at here some of the, the chapter names. So the chapter one is the history of open-air preaching. Uh, two is a theology for open-air preaching. Three is the local church and the open-air preacher. Four is using the law. Five is using apologetics. Part two, starting with chapter six, is the preacher's character. Seven is the preacher's competence. Eight is response to open-air preaching. Nine is the preacher's response. Ten is exhortation to the church and seminaries. And the conclusion is um, heard the call. So um, you, you do you, it's a pretty comprehensive treatment. It, the book is not that long. It's about 130 pages, but... You do you do a pretty comprehensive, thorough job of of addressing everything that is um, tied to or related to open air preaching. So it was a great, uh, really, really well done. And um, so why don't we dig in here to part one, the first couple chapters here, a uh, the history of open air preaching and the theology of open air preaching. Mm -hmm. You know, the history of open air preaching is probably my favorite part. You, when you really start looking, when you know, when you have your 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 antennas up, looking for things as far as open air preaching goes, it's it, it's actually really easy to find. Whenever you study the history of the church, um, of course, the Old Testament is probably one of the easiest places. You know, um, Noah, Jonah was an open air preacher. You have the prophets who are open air preachers for the most part. Um, Ezra preached in the open air. Uh, Moses did most of his addresses, if I guess all of his addresses in the open air. And so, you know, the Old Testament's really, as far as I'm concerned, is, is not even a debate. You know, those, they, they preached in the open air. Um, and then when you turn to the New Testament, sometimes I think there's the mindset of, 
Um, well, now that the synagogue is in place and you have, maybe you have some buildings that are being erected, maybe there's not as much open air preaching being done, but that's actually not the case at all. You have John the Baptist, um, Jesus, of course, preached many times in the open air. Um, you have the disciples going out and really, and one thing that we do try to establish early on is the fact that, you know, open air preaching is not, it's, it's not the only type of ministry. It's not the only type of evangelism that can be done. We, we recognize that. We acknowledge that. We're not trying to claim that that open air preaching is like the the end all at be all, you know, where it's 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 open air preaching or nothing, um, not at all. It's it's just a matter, you know, open air preaching from day one has always been a matter of trying to get the gospel to the lost, or or you know, if, for instance, in the Old Testament, in some place of the New Testament, or just getting the gospel to wherever the people are, regardless if they are um, part of the church or not, you know, so. That's 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 all open air preaching is. You know, it's 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 not anything really to to complicate. It's not to puff open air preaching up. But it is it is to say that this is this is just in a means that God has used to bring the gospel to the people um, in the in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and then in the early church. You know, the early church was filled with open air preaching, even even after um, the apostles die. And, and so we talk a lot about that in, in the book, that, that it's, it's, it's not just confined to the, uh, the apostle era. You know, you're talking about the, the era of the church, the church fathers. I mean, um, Cyprian was an open-air preacher. Irenaeus was an open-air preacher. Um, and I, I mean, you go on and on. And then, of course, in the Middle Ages, you had, you had a little mixture. You know, a lot of the Roman Catholics did some open-air preaching. Uh, Francis of Assisi was actually an open-air preacher. Uh, but but then what you see, and probably my favorite part of the history of open air preaching is is the Reformation era, because you have you have people like the Lollards, you have um, you know Wycliffe, of course, and the Lollards. They're they're closely connected. But but um, what that what was going on then is because of the persecution of of the Roman Catholic Church, they really had no other option but to 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 find the people outside of the church and preach to them there. Um, I just read today actually a nice article on on puritans and and there was a little section in there as far as um uh george whitfield said something about the puritans how they would have to go to the highways and the the, the byways and the hedges and and bring the gospel to the people um especially during the time of the roman catholic persecution so so even the puritans in a sense were open-air preachers you know and of course wesley and whitfield and um spurgeon and just you know all throughout church history you see god using people um, to open air preach Cornelius Van Til, you know, I know, I know we're not, yeah. you know, this is a Van Tilian podcast, but, but I mean, it is amazing that, that even scholars and academics, um, have gone to the streets with the gospel. So yeah, it's, it's just really neat to kind of see how God uses, um, different people and, 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 and gets them out to the streets and gives them that hunger and that burden. And so that, that's definitely my favorite part though, the history of open air preaching. So we, we try to tackle a lot of that in the book. Um, there's certainly a lot more than what I just described, but that's some of it. Yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed that chapter. Um, one of the things, so, and see if, I'll, would you agree with this statement um, for say, okay, so open air preaching is not the exclusive means of sharing the gospel, but it's, an, it's a necessary means. It's, it's something that you can't neglect as the church neglecting it is to the detriment of the church because it would be uh, disobeying uh, God's word. So how would you, would you agree with that? Or I I would to, you know, I I think, I, 
I think, um, you know, for instance, in our circumstance today, I think we're in, in America, I mean, and, and, and really in the West, I think we're in a privileged circumstance because we can, to an extent, still go out and proclaim God, you know, in, in just an open, somewhat of, uh, you know, just an open, loud public way. You know, we can do that. Um, now, if you were, let's say, in the Middle East or, or, or maybe even China, although I saw a little reference um, made by a Chinese pastor the other day that basically says, you know, we need to go to the streets and, and preach the gospel. And whenever they persecute us and, and we get out of jail, we need to go back to the streets and, and preach the gospel. So, you know, I, I really don't know how they would do it in their circumstance, you know, in the Middle East, maybe in a Muslim territory. I don't know if you would want to go and open air preach. Um, Russia, maybe not. So I think in our situation, in our climate, I think it's, it's ideal and I think the better equipped the local church is to, to help and um, really just aid some of the people in the church to go and open air preach, I think the better. You know, I, I notice, I mean, every church has guys in it who are evangelistically minded, you know, um, with the, you know, just that burden for evangelism. And, and, and that's, you know, I guess we could go from here to the, the third chapter on the local church as far as the book goes. I mean, I think that's I think that's the importance of open air preaching, and and I think that's the uh, I I would say that that's part of the the you mentioned um, the detriment. Yeah, the fact you know local churches that aren't um, engaged in evangelism is obviously a, a deficit. You know, there's something there's something off there. Um, when it comes to open air preaching, I think open air preaching is different from evangelism. I you know, and this is this. I guess the question becomes: Who is qualified to open air preach? Um, and in the book, we argue that you know the open air preacher should be a mature Christian. Um, he should definitely be part of a local church. Um, he he should be really under the authority of the local church. And and there's many aspects to that. And there's many reasons why. You know, and and part of mainly is because of some of the reasons why Christ has given us the church, you know, and, 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 um, called us to be part of the church. But, but also, um, I think there's a balance there because what we, what we try to bring up in the book is, is the tension that's, that's existed, um, between the local church and the open air preacher. You know, there's always seemed to be some, some friction in, in most spots when it comes to open air preaching in, in the church. And so we try to address why that is. Um, we try to look into some of the, the reasons on both sides. You know, we try to be fair. You know, we, in, in other words, we're, we're not just, we're certainly pro-church. You know, we're pro-local church. Um, and I think that's why you 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 do see Beaky and, and Sam Waldron and Ventura and some of these guys getting behind this book because they, you know, we are, we are pro-local church. At the same time, there are, there, there have been um, just disadvantageous approaches from the local church to open air preaching that are, that's not, that's not helpful either. So, um, so it's on both sides, you know, as far as why this tension exists and, and some of the resolution. I mean, that's, that's what we try to seek to address in this book is, or in this chapter, what's the resolution for this? You know, how can we maintain a healthy relationship for the sake of Christ, for the sake of getting the gospel? Out? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wanted to, um, one of the things that really stood out to me that really kind of opened my eyes it was I really appreciated in your the the first the history of open air preaching. You give a kind of a comprehensive like historical uh, survey of open air preaching. But what really struck me was how in the Old Testament, 
because we tend to associate, I guess, there's a, there's maybe a tendency to associate evangelism with more of like the New Testament times. Um, but in reality, all of the prophets were open-air preachers. All of the big names in the Old Testament were essentially open-air preachers. I mean, from no, like you said, from Noah to Moses, um, the prophets themselves, like it, it, it's just a very, it was a, a the very much a part of the bread and butter of, of the nation of Israel. Um, and so um, I really appreciated that. That gave me a very much more like deep appreciation for the for the the uh, the practice of open air preaching and how rooted it is in the Bible, not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament as well. And uh, so I really appreciated that that about the book. And um, I know uh, the, another thing that's really I, I really liked about your book is that the. Uh, the uh, open air oh that's my baby girl um, the open air preacher the the task of open air preaching is not should not be in conflict or against the local church that your book really seeks to reconcile like you said reconcile the two and and bring those together to a um, uh, what's the term like a a, a uh, synergistic a syner sort of like a synergistic um, coherent uh, sort of a battle plan for how the church, how the local church should operate um, within the context of, uh, of open air preaching, of evangelism, of supporting, you know, open air preachers and itinerant ministers, uh, you know, things like that. So I really, I really like that about your book. It was, I thought that was very well done. Yeah, we, we, we try not, I mean, again, we're trying not to just make this about open air preachers, you know, I mean, this is, this is open air preaching is a church thing, you know, it's, it's a, it's it's a ministry under the umbrella of the local church and and um, if you think about I mean again open air preaching is is it really if it begins in the church it I mean that means the church needs to be asking questions about okay how can we equip our our guys to go and preach in the open air what can we do um, and and again I mean that's that's the, one of the main purposes of writing this book, just the lack of information that's out there. And, uh, and so that's, you know, we really hope that this book is helpful for pastors, for, um, seminaries, you know, any, any, any place where, where, um, men are being equipped. Uh, we hope that this book can go in there and, and really make an impact for God's glory. And that's one of the main takeaways I want our listeners to, to, to get from this. Um, you this this book is not just for aspiring evangelists or open air preachers. Um, this book is really a book for the church. It's 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 for the Christian. It's for the church because um, what I really that what I really liked about the book is that it addresses the topic from from uh, in a way that gives you a biblical understanding of the practice of open air preaching and and what it entails. And it also gives you a a really like a, a a plan of action, how to implement this locally in your very own church, and so I thought this was really great and how you you bring both of these two things together, and it's really it's kind of neat because um, we go to the same church, you and I, and I'm seeing this uh, a reality in our church. You know the way that you've implemented a lot of these practices that you talk about in the book and it's out I mean, and it's really it, it really is um uh encouraging to see 
the the result of that, the fruit that that bears. And so I think it's a great thing for it, it, this is a book for the church. You know, anybody, if you attend church, if you're a Christian, you need to pick up this book and read it because um, there's a lot of misguided notions about what open air preaching is and what and what it isn't. And so um, I think your your book does a great job of addressing both of those both of those uh, areas very well. Well, we, you know, again, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a matter if, if it starts with God. And I think the thing about the local church is, you know, I, pastors, um, you know, elders, uh, you know, the, the lay people, it's, if, if we're Christians, we, we all have to assert to a certain extent, we all desire God to be glorified and God to be, um, lifted up and, and extolled and, and and again, I mean that's that's all open air biblical open air preaching. That's all it's trying to do. So, you know, at the end of the day, why wouldn't we do everything in our power to to make that a reality in, in whatever way possible? And in this specific way, through open air preaching. And, and yeah, so, yeah, definitely. And, and you know, appreciate it, brother. Yeah. yeah so you know, um, and then so in the in the next the last couple sections of your of part one, you address kind of the method, right? You using the law and and apologetics. And I know, um, um, obviously we, we've talked a lot about this and, and even in the borderland conferences, I think this subject, these subjects have been addressed as well because you, you do have, uh, some distinctives here and, um, you, you don't shy away from using the law and you, you, you guys take a distinctively a a presuppositional approach to apologetics, right? So you want to get into that a little bit? Definitely. Sure. Yeah. You know, when it comes to the law, really, I think the main thing about law, you know, the law, uh, law preaching, you know, the, the main thing is if, if, a, if, if an unbeliever, and this is just, this is in a sense, just evangelism, you know, one-on-one, if, if, if an unbeliever does not see his need for a savior, he's not going to call on the, on the name of Christ. And so that's, that's what the law is attempting to do. And so, yeah, we, we bring up the law. Um, we really, the fact of, of just Ray Comfort and the, you know, the, the, the way that he's been able to, to bring out some, especially when it comes to, to law preaching, you know, and, and, and really just trying to, um, investigate the, the heart of man. Um, I, you know, in a sense, I think we've all, been blessed by him and taken away a lot from him. And so, um, so, so some of that's mentioned and addressed, um, you know, I, I don't think it, it, it's difficult because, you know, when it comes to the law, for instance, especially in the open air, you know, we, it's, it's, it's not, it's not like a cookie cutter approach. I think that's, that's probably where we would differ from Ray Comfort, just, um, using the law. Yes. But it's 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 not always it's not always um, like the same formula, I guess you could say, for each scenario, for each person, for each preaching situation. And so we try to touch some of that, but but we do try to stick to the main point that there's a reason, you know, really, I mean, what is the law? It's God's nature being revealed and and really comparing the man to God's nature. And so that's, that's what we're trying to do. You know, even when you're preaching, you're lifting up certain aspects of God and and his character, his righteousness and his holiness. And, and that is the foundation, you know, of the gospel. And so if you don't have that, then, and and so that, that goes, it's not just evangelism that includes when we're preaching in the open air. And so, um, yeah, some of that's dealt with there. And then when it comes to apologetics, in fact, uh, some, I mean, probably a lot of the material in there, 
is is um, certainly influenced by the conversation that you and I had. Uh, it's been a while now, maybe a year ago. Yeah, <laughs> a little, little more than a year ago. But uh, but a lot of that, as far as the as far as the breakdown of the topics within that chapter, I know uh, most of that came from that conversation that we had, and and so that was very helpful. But yeah, I mean, you know, the I would I would say on that, you know, the things that you guys are talking about. Um, as far as your podcast goes and, and some of the, the different approaches that, that, that's the approach we take, you know, we, we condense it because, you know, we're, I'm looking at it now, it looks like, um, 14 pages. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so it's condensed, but at the same time, yeah, it is definitely presuppositional. Um, and, and, and that's, I think, you know, again, I mean, maybe sometimes people, people don't think apologetics are used in the open air. But honestly, I've I've never used apologetics uh, more. Yeah. It's not even close than what I'm doing open air preaching, and just be, and, and that's because of the nature of open air preaching. If you think about open air preaching compared to let's say um, pulpit preaching, and I and I love doing both, and and that's another thing we try to point out in the book that there's there shouldn't be tension between that even. Right. You know, I mean, both both of these um, kinds of preaching are, are, are means that God has used. Yeah, yeah they definitely complement each other, but they are different, of course. And one thing about open air preaching is that it's very fluid and it's dynamic and you don't really know who's going to come and engage you. And so apologetics, I think, are maybe perhaps one of the most essential tools that that the open air preacher can have. And of course, with that comes doing apologetics in a biblical way, which we would definitely argue uh, presuppositional apologetics is, is really the only biblical way. Um, and so... You know, when it, even evangelism, I guess you could say there. I, I've I've always had a very difficult time uh, distinguishing between evangelism and apologetics. I just don't see there's a there's not a divide there. They go hand in hand, and so that's I I was I mean this is apologetics. This chapter is probably by far one of the most important chapters in the book. I think, and and um, again, you know, we have 14 pages. So what we try to do in this. Because I mean, you can go pick up Gordon Clark. You know, you can you can go pick up a, a book on presuppositional apologetics. So what we try to do in this in this book and in this chapter is is make it specifically um, about open air preaching and, right. and and really how to implement this stuff when you're open air preaching or evangelizing. Right. And so we try to focus on the practical aspect of that. Yeah, I really I really appreciated um, the, the I really appreciated that because I remember. He, and I don't know. I don't remember if you if you talk about this in the book, but I remember um, listening to a critique about how seminaries used to require um, apologetics in their in their curriculums, and now most seminaries make it optional. That it's just not even. Mm. It's not even a. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. it's like not even a requirement anymore to to take apologetics. It's terrible. And, yeah, and it, and it's because they've been, they've sadly they've divorced the concept of apologetics from evangelism. And but I really appreciate the perspective that you're putting forth. I think it's a biblical perspective that really the apologist and the evangelist are hand in hand. They're they're one and the same thing. And um, I really very much appreciate it with that. Um, and and it, it comes from a very reformed presuppositional presuppositional understanding to 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 connect those two together. Though they go hand in hand. Um, I even I remember reading from uh, Gordon Clark saying that the apology is the evangelist. Those are the same very much the same thing and 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 it's like you said it's it's almost out of necessity like you don't have a choice when you're engaging people that you don't even know 
you don't know where they're coming from. They could be coming from any number of backgrounds. Like you have to be ready. And that's why you also have to be a mature Christian, as you said. You have to be ready to address a lot of different kinds of opposition that could be coming your way. And uh, and and to address it in a way that's biblical and that honors God and and the word, you know. So I really I thought that was great, great stuff that um that you talk about in the book. It was a very good uh balanced presentation of how this all of you know relates to open air preaching and to evangelism in general. And so um, now now this is, we're moving on to uh, part two of the book, and I'm really eager to, to read on this part. I, I, I haven't really, I started to read part two, but I'm not fully done with it, and I'm really looking forward to reading it. So um, how about you uh, give us a little bit of an overview of what you talk about there? Yeah, so it's the task of open air preaching, and so from here, or from chapter one, I guess, we move on and, and uh, really get into the nitty-gritty as far as the, um, I mean, the preacher's character, the preacher's competence. You know, again, like you just mentioned, uh, like I said before, you know, as far as, is, you know, open-air preaching is different from evangelism. Um, it's a type of evangelism, but it's a different type because it is the proclamation of, of God's Word. And so with that, and, and with, with I, you know, any preacher— I mean, it's, it, it is a calling, and that's what we argue for, you know, that, that people are called to open-air preach, and, and uh, with that calling comes certain responsibilities, and, and first and foremost, I mean, the character of any kind of preacher, um, but also, of course, the open-air preacher, it matters. And so, uh, one of the things that I appreciate in, 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 uh, about these, these two chapters, um, Scott, Scott did most of this, the, the preacher's character and the preacher's competence, there, there are again, specific practical means that he provides as far as just disciplines that, that the open-air preacher can, can really look into and, and focus on and try to implement that into his daily life. Uh, because, and, and one thing about open-air preaching is, is, and it's a blessing, it is, but it, it, it can also become, um, it can become daunting because, you know, open-air preaching, again, when you go out, and I'm not saying, you know, somebody who just does pulpit ministry is not going to face this, but but it is true. I, I, I just sense that, you know, when you when you go out um, on a regular basis into into the world with the gospel and you're preaching that word. I mean, there there are you encounter some crazy stuff, you know, you, you demons and, and, you know, just hostility to a, to a high, high, high degree. And so especially in the age of, in the day that we're living in. Um, and so again, I mean, without that, that bedrock of, of character, um, I mean, you're going to dry up, you're going to wilt or you'll get in the flesh. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's so hard not to get in the flesh when you open air preach because of just, again, just the, the open animosity that's coming at you. It's so hard not to get in the flesh. So, um, yeah, chapter six is, is really about just grounding yourself into some of these spiritual disciplines so that you are prepared when you do go out. Um, and then chapter seven, the preacher's competence, that deals with the fact that, you know, competence matters. We're reformed. You know, we, we believe that God is sovereign, that he sovereignly chooses people to be saved. We, you know, he's, he, it's up to him as far as whether he wants to make the gospel effective or not. But at the end of the day, competence does matter. You know, we shouldn't be sloppy in our delivery. Um, you know, the, the Bible tells us to, to, uh, to train, to to be to rightly divide the word and things like that, and so that's that's what that chapter is about. Just just uh, the competence of the preacher. And I like you know Scott starts out with the good antidote. Actually, starts out with uh, a little 
summary of or a, a story, I guess you could say, about, you know, if you go in, let's say you, you have something wrong with your heart and you find out you need open heart surgery and you you uh, you have two options. You can go to the surgeon who is a reformed Christian, maybe even an elder in the church. He loves his kids. You know, they're all homeschooled and all these nice things, but only 50 percent of his patients actually live through the operation. And then on the other hand, you find out that there's another doctor. He's an atheist. He kicks his dog. You know, he hates his children. He basically is just a, a no good anything except when it comes to surgery. His patients are, are usually live like 99% of the time. He says, who would you choose? You know, and at that point, of course, you'd go with the, with, with the guy who's not a believer. Because why? Because he's competent. And so competence really does matter. Um, and especially in, in, in a calling like, like preaching the gospel, um, this isn't something to, to take lightly. It's not something to, to be flippant about, but, but to really, um, to really, to really, uh, hone in and, and try to, try to, uh, hone your craft. And so that's, that's what that chapter is about. Um, yeah, response to open, and, and, you know, the next two, so the next two chapters, they kind of go together, response to open air preaching, and then the preacher's response, uh, one of the things about the chapter on response to open air preaching is we try to bring out the, that different venues elicit different responses when you're preaching. And so, again, I mean, when you're in a, you know, open air preaching, think of all the different environments you have when you open air preach. You can go downtown, you can go to a college campus, you can go to an abortion clinic, you can go to a sports game, you know, you can go to a, 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 a street corner and do stoplight preaching. And so, the question is, I mean, what, first of all, how do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you even, how do you even start? You know, I mean, if I want to preach on a campus, what do I do? You know, and, and so these are just, again, practical ways to kind of address the situation. If I want to do abortion ministry, how do I even start? You know, like, what do I do when I get out there? What should I expect? And so, um, so we talk about the different responses that come from the different venues that, that the open air preacher goes to. And then, and then in chapter nine, we talk about how the preacher should respond to those responses. And, and to me, I think the hardest thing about open air preaching is responding to responses in a, in a biblical way, in a tender way, um, in a, in a, in a, you know, in a gentle way, I guess you could say, um, towards the lost. I think that is probably by far for me anyways, the hardest thing about open air preaching is just not, you know, just not losing your cool, um, and, and maintaining a certain, a, a love for the lost in, in the face of, of just really horrid um, rebukes and horrid um, epithets and, and just all the nasty things that you hear out there, how do you maintain a, a, a true, you know, a sincere love uh, for the people that you're preaching to? And so that's kind of what the preacher's response deals with that chapter there. Um, yeah, one thing I really uh, appreciate about that, um, you know, there's wisdom in that, right? Because Paul did not preach the exact same way when he addressed the the Jews as opposed to when he addressed the Gentiles you know so there's obviously you have to take into account the context the uh the, the you know the means that, that there's there's wisdom in in taking those things into consideration so yeah I thought that was great I think that's really good I'm really glad you covered that stuff and um I, do you address um I th I think you do but I do you do you address uh criticisms against opener preaching yeah, we kind of deal with some of that in, in the beginning. Um, you know, it's funny, we, when we first, and it's, in, it's actually in the beginning, we, we do take the stance of, of Spurgeon, who basically said, uh, you know, open-air preaching needs no defense. 
Um, now, at the same time, I mean, in a sense, you could say that the whole book, or especially the first part of the book, might be an apologetic for open air preaching. I, you know, as far or a defense of open air preaching, um, but it's not in an overt way. You know, I, th- I think, yeah, um, if you want a good place where I, you know, I think uh, uh, maybe a helpful place to go as far as just a um, how to respond to criticisms or, or like you're saying, um, critique of open air preaching. If you go to our website, Christinthewild.com, and you go to the re- resources tab and you click on the gospel tracks, we we did write a gospel track that specifically addresses especially Christians. And we do actually bring that up now that you mentioned it. We, there is, there is part of the book that's, that's, that does mention the fact that, you know, your, your, your greatest critics, as far as open air preaching goes, you're the people who will want you to stop more than anybody else, unfortunately is the professing Christian. That, that is sad. That wow. is sad. And that, and so we do have a gospel track on our webpage that addresses that. It's called Dear Christian, and you can find it on our webpage. But yeah, there is part of, Part part some of the book does does bring that up is is a warning and also um, just just some some suggestions as far as how to help the professing Christian kind of work through that you know because you know again a lot of to to be fair I mean and this is another reason for writing the book a lot of what you think of when it comes to open air preaching or street preaching are the are the shock and awe guys you know the Pelagians um, the sinless perfection guys the guys that say God hates fags and and, you know, calls people whores and things like that. And, and so to, you know, to give the professing Christian the benefit of the doubt, that is probably what they're used to as far as street preaching goes or open air preaching. And so um, part of what we do in the book is just to encourage the open air preacher to try to be patient with the Christian, to recognize that, you know, maybe the professing Christian has never seen it done in a biblical way. Um, and really, especially the most important thing is to walk the Christian through the Bible in all the different places where open air preaching is done and look at the responses that open air preaching evokes. That's usually, I think, what people look at. So in other words, the professing Christian usually criticizes open air preaching because much of the, you know, a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times um, the world reacts in a very negative way or a hostile way to open air preaching. And so I think it just helps if you just help the professing Christian to to look at what biblical evangelism is, that it's not it's not to be interpreted through the lens of the response, but whether um, Christ is being preached, um, you know, and, and even uh, the motive for for why that gospel is being preached. You know, is it being preached in love? And, and most of oh, uh, uh, the guys I know, you know, open air preachers. It, for a large, in a large sense, they are preaching with the right motive and they still get criticized. You know, there's, so that's just the sad reality that we live in the, the day that we live in. I mean, that's, that's what happens. And so, yeah, some of the book does address that. Yeah. That's actually a great question. No. Yeah. I'm glad. And I know, cause I know you do spend a lot of time presenting a positive case, you know, for, for open air preaching in it, which is great. So I'm glad. Yeah. I, I remember, um, having looked at some of that, I thought it was very helpful for because you know one of the uh, you, you reminded me of something when you you brought up the the issue of of um of of Christians and how they tend to oppose there's so much opposition to uh to evangelism I mean you you see it all the time uh, even from well-known ministries like Ray Comfort and, and Wretched Radio from you yourself I mean in your YouTube videos um there's always there it's almost like it, it, 
even even myself when I've gone out with you, um, you know, de- you deal with that. It comes up almost all the time. You know, these uh, Christians, a lot of them come from not so good churches, you know, like prosperity churches and things like that. And just they, they don't have they don't have a sound understanding of the Bible in the first place. But it, it it's so common. And um, I thought the way you handle that in the book was excellent. I, I think it did a very good job of addressing a lot of those uh, misguided understandings that people, you know, just because just because you see it done wrong doesn't mean that it's completely wrong to do it in the first place. You know, that that's like, you know, that, that it's almost like when people say, oh, I don't go to church because there's too many hypocrites. It's like, well, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that they're that they're that you can't find a good church that, you know, that where well, that doesn't actually address hypocrisy in a biblical way, you know, that, and uh, so, yeah, it's it's I thought that was great. And um, yeah, one second. Yeah, it looks like getting ready for bed. Um, so, no, that was that that was really good stuff. And one of the ways I, I kind of wanted to bring this home by sort of talking about how when I've seen the effects that this has had, a lot of what you talk about in the book is uh, it's basically a reality now in our church. And I, I've, I've seen the way that our church has grown and uh, um, really taken on this this um this mission and this this biblical way of approaching it and it's been a huge blessing to see it uh bear the fruit that it has borne and i want to kind of talk about that a little bit just to give our audience that that really this stuff is and you shouldn't do it just because it works you know but it does work it bears an amazing amount of of good fruit and it's biblical and so um, I really appreciated that when you came on to the church, you know, we used to do evangelism, but it was not, um, it, it was not as, a, of, of a, it was not as a consistent, it wasn't, there wasn't like, it just needed some consistency, I think. And I thought it was great when you came on, obviously you're a full-time minister, um, evangelist, but I, it was great in how you started implementing a lot of this stuff in our own church. I mean, you created a, 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 a messaging group. And started adding a bunch of brothers that um, do eva- uh, do evangelism. You know, they go out and do evangelism together in different parts of the of the city. I thought that was excellent because, and it's not just people from our church; it's people from all kinds of different churches and different backgrounds and perspectives. Even, even though we're all generally, I think, reformed more or less. But um, I thought that was awesome, and how we have a constant way of communicating to each other. And it's a, it's a weekly thing, you know. I think even today, you you I think that you guys go to the abortion clinic and and uh, you know downtown. So I mean, it's great. It's it's really great to see that how it's a weekly. You, we have a you have a constant connection to these guys, to these brothers, and constantly encouraging each other to go out and to go out together, you know, and 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 really take hold of that and share the gospel in in the abortion clinic in the. And, and downtown in Spanish and English. I mean, it's it's so great to see that happening and seeing the fruit that's come out of that has been amazing. You know, like you 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 preach almost every day regularly at UTEP, and I've even gone there with you before too. And a lot of the stuff that you're talking about in the book has happened. Even even when I go and the few times that I've gone, I mean, the, the stuff comes up. Um, it's almost like it's inevitable. You know, so it's great. I've I've really enjoyed seeing the fruit that this has borne in our own church. And, you know, that's why this book is so helpful for the church, because it helps you establish this action plan 
of maintaining a consistent, healthy, biblical approach to doing open-air ministry. And uh, it's it's just great. I'm really encouraged by it. I really uh, hope that people get a hold of this book. You know, it's a great, it, it's not that long. It's a short book and it covers so much excellent stuff uh, that we've, you know, a lot of the, the stuff that we kind of touched on here and more depth. And, and I think it's great. I mean, I really do hope people get a, a, a hold of the book and, and implement this stuff, you know, and, and let, let you know, let, you know, get back to us and see what, um, what, uh, success you've had, what kind of, what has come out of, you know, doing a, this would be a great book to do as like a church, uh, Bible study, you know, a group study, um, with a dedicated, you know, group of men and, and just really, uh, do it as a church, you know, like get, get into this biblically figure, you know, have a, uh, I, I think it would be great to do something like that because uh, I've really seen the way that it has manifested in our church and it's, it's just, it's awesome. It, it's really, you kind of see the Bible come to life in a way, you know? Yeah. And, and, and you know, there, there are each chapter concludes with uh, three or four study questions to kind of further conversation about whatever the chapter was about. And, and, you know, you, one, one last point about, you know, open air preaching is actually, and I didn't know this until I started doing, it. I I'd never even dreamed that this is one of the benefits of open air preaching, but it's actually one of the, one of the best, um, tools for discipleship that I've ever known or come across in my life it's, as far as just, because, you know, anytime you go and evangelize with, with, with people, there is a certain camaraderie and bond, um, and closeness that, that you have. But, you know, especially when you're open air preaching, they're just the, the, the level of intensity of, of um, you know, certain things that, that go on out there. It really does. It, it, it causes it causes you to um, just gel. And so I think, you know, the more people from the church that go out and even if not everyone's open air preaching, but if they're going out um, and they're handing out tracts, they're having gospel conversations, they're praying for whoever's preaching or they're praying for the conversations. I mean, there's a whole you know, retinue of, of things that can take place whenever you go out and open air preach. And it's not just preaching, right? You know, so the more people that are getting behind it, the better. And, and the, to, and I tell you what, Carlos, I've seen, you know, and, and the, the, the blessing of coming here to the church, to our church, it, it's, it's two ways, you know, because, um, you know, Pastor Joe and the elders, they've never, they never tried to clamp down. They never tried to shut down open air preaching. They were always open. They were always more than willing to get behind it and to do whatever they can to support it. That's, that's so, you know, it's a two way street. It goes both ways. And, um, you know, that's, I think maybe the key, I mean, both sides, as far as the leadership and the open air preacher, they have to be willing to work together. And that's, that's the beauty of, of our church here. And, uh, and also, I mean, I've, I've run, a, we've, we've run across churches, um, to an extent all over the country that are, that are pro open air preaching. And to the extent that they have their church out there, I'm telling you, man, these, these churches, there is a liveliness to these churches. It's, it's unbelievable. And that's just a matter of just getting out, um, kind of surrounding, orchestrating, um, you know, your evangelism around the open air preaching and things happen, like you're saying. So it's definitely not just about open air preaching. It's about the church and, and the whole, it can be, it can be a, a real blessing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. And that, that, that brings me to two points that I really want to, um, I think we can, we can end on this is the, the first thing I really, when we went to, uh, when I, when I, when I went with you to UTEP with uh, brother Larry, Larry Du Bois, um, 
this was really interesting because I, I really appreciate it. And I, and I know you talk about this in the book because there's so much more to open air preaching than just open air preaching, you know, like you said. And one thing that really, I really liked the way that when I spoke to Brother Larry about evangelism and he, he brought up a really good point about how he, he was addressing, a, a, a again, one of those Christians that had a problem with what he was doing. And what he said to them was, you know, okay, look at it this way. What I'm doing is I'm casting seeds, you know, the open air preacher in a way is, and this is a biblical analogy, which is, it's even, it's even better for that re reason for, but, but the open air preacher is basically somebody who's casting seeds. And then you, you as a Christian, as the individual Christian, you get to follow up with people one-on-one -on -one and water that seed, you know? So it's, it's, it's really a holistic system. It comes together. It's not just, it's, it's not exclusively one-on-one -on -one necessarily or exclusively open air because the, all of this, um, th there's a system tied to it. And this is how the whole church can come together. Um, this is what's so great about it because even if you don't like, uh, if you're not comfortable doing open air preaching or, or any, you know, you, you don't, it's not your, you don't feel like it's your calling, whatever the case may be, you can still go out there and show support. Just being there a lot of times is very encouraging um, because there can be a lot of uh, opposition at times, you know. And what uh, what I really appreciated is, like you were saying, you know, you can hand out gospel tract. You can have one-on-one -on -one conversations. And that was one of the things that I did when, when you were doing open-air preaching at UTEP. I actually had a uh, like a three-hour conversation with a, a Roman Catholic. So, I mean, and, and a bunch of other kinds of different people too. So, I mean, it's it's really great to... Um, to, to, to see the church come together that way, because it really does, you, you grow a sort of, it's almost like when you're at war, you know, and, and you, you develop a very special bond with the people that you're fighting alongside with. And so it's, it's a great, it's a great experience. I really, I've always enjoyed going out with you guys and, um, I need to, I, I, I want to do it more often. I'm going to try to, I, I would like to, because it's it really, it's not just, you know, even if the, there's always the issue of the flesh, like you said, and um, I know Brother Scott has talked about that in the conference too. There's always the that issue of the flesh. And it's like, oh, well, you know, there, I have to do this or I have to do that and things like that. But that's why I like the way that you've uh, implemented this system of a constant weekly, uh, like there's always, we're always in touch with each other. You know, we're always keeping in touch week in and week out, day in and day out. We, we, we're, we're, we're getting, um, um, setting up uh, meeting times and going to this place on Saturday to, you know, abortion clinic on Saturday mornings and, and going out to UTEP during the week and going out to downtown on the weekends and things like that. So it's great. I mean, it's so awesome because there's so much more to open air preaching than just open air preaching. And I really appreciate that you talk about that in the book. And so um, I, I really hope for that reason and, and several more, you know, that really, People take a take a take a good look at this book. It's a great it's a great read um, for yourself and for your church really to do it as a church, you know, a church wide uh, group study, Bible study, and um, really. So, is there anything as we wrap up here? Is there anything that you wanted to kind of uh, take away with our with our listeners? No, just you know, if 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 anyone reads this, if you have any further questions on open air preaching, let us, let us know, like Carlos said, you know, reach out to us. Um, one thing that we do, we, we, Scott and I, and, and some of the other guys, we, we love, um, I mean, one of, one of my favorite things is going to different churches and really just helping equip the saints to, to do open air preaching. So whether you're a minister or just, um, you just, 
maybe sensing a call to open air preach and you're trying to figure out, well, what do I do from here? Um, yeah, reach out, let us, let us know. Cause I, I know exactly how that feels. And, and, um, you know, maybe we can help out and, and, and I know we'll try to do whatever we can to, to make that, make that happen and to see if that's really what the Lord's, um, calling you to do. And, and if, if nothing else, I know that, you know, if you're out there and you open air preach and, and you're looking for, you know, fellowship and, um, you kind of feel like, like you're kind of on the outskirts and, and just looking for a place to, to go, let me know also. And, and, uh, or Carlos, maybe we can direct you in the, in the right direction as far as finding a, a church that supports open air preaching and definitely, and, yeah. uh, just equip you. So let us know. Awesome. Yeah. Great stuff, brother. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, look forward to, uh, talking more about this in the future with you. And I'm really looking forward to that podcast as well. The open air symposium. Uh, so make sure you check it out. Um, so where can people get the book? Yeah, you can get the book at Reformation Heritage Books. Uh, I think it's rhb.org, maybe. Um, don't quote me on that, but it's Reformation Heritage Books. You can also get it on Amazon now. And so those are two places for sure. I, I saw that it was on Barnes & Noble Wow, the other day. So I was surprised by that. I don't, you know, I don't know what there is behind that. Um, awesome. But supposedly they're offering the book. But I would I would suggest, you know, Reformation Heritage Books is, is selling it for $4 off. And so um, I would recommend getting it from there. But but if you want to go to other sources, they, they're out there also. Excellent. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's oh, wow. Yeah, I just saw it here on Amazon. 16 bucks for paperback edition. That's That's crazy. Yeah, it's right there. Um, right. Very cool. Right. Yeah, so check it out, guys. I really encourage our listeners to to check out the book and uh, and um, encourage you your church you know to really take a look at this and and um, put this stuff into practice because it really is a blessing I mean it, it's been great to see all of the different um, new new uh, additions to the church from you know from your ministry at UTEP and just the the constant weekly almost practically weekly um, you know outreaches that that you guys do it's it's just great to see that and so um, with that, I, I thank you again, Brother Ryan, for coming on. I really, um, I congratulate you on the success on you know this book. I really hope the Lord uses it uh, to advance His kingdom and to and to really to bless the church, to edify the church, and build it up. Well, it's always a blessing to come on, brother. And you guys, you know, one one thing about your your podcast is great because you can take what you learn on your podcast and bring it to the streets. Yeah, you know, that's definitely. what I love. I mean, you're you're getting equipped on y'all's podcast, so so uh, I know y'all. You, you have a lot of. Uh, very theologically healthy listeners, and so we need that to get to the streets. Yeah, and and so it's always a blessing to be able to come on and and uh, and and hear from y'all again, and and to uh, I don't know, just team up. Hey Amen, brother. And I I know I'm really um, gosh I, I I'm hoping to also I'd love to schedule some more um, uh, interviews with you because we have there's so many different encounters and stuff that we've had on you know with these evangelism experiences and stuff that it's just there's so much to talk about you know i know yes. we've been wanting to yes. talk about a lot of uh the, like the you've the hebrew israelites you know black right. hebrew israelites there's just so many different things to to talk about with i mean it's almost a never-ending uh right. discussion just because there's so much different things that you have to deal with and address uh when it comes to open air preaching so i'm really i'm excited about about this i hope the book really goes far and wide and and um, I look forward to having you again, uh, come back on again, brother, and so we can talk more about these other different areas that, that we can get into. But thanks again for coming on, brother. And uh, with that, we'll, 
We'll sign off and we'll catch you next time. God bless.